Let's welcome Wolfgang Thaler. Good evening. After so many years I haven't seen this film, it's not very uh, hard for me to, to see this movie now. It, it was hard for you to see it? Yeah, yeah. Because of your relationship with Michael? Or? Um, not just because of the relation to, to Michael Glavok, but also because of all the women I have seen and I, I was... Uh, uh, I filmed and uh, I know them all, most of them very well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, um, uh, at the beginning, uh, after shooting the film, uh, I was busy with, okay, how how it worked out, how the technique was working, because we have been always at the limit of the light. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, in distance, uh, some shots I wouldn't do anymore like that. Mm. Um, yeah, something like this. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's back up a little bit because I want to get at a little bit what you're feeling in terms of your relationships with with the women in the film. Um, but could you bring us back to because you worked with Mikhail a bunch of times before this, um, the moment when he first approached you about this project. How had he described it to you? What he wanted to do? Um, when he was uh, for Reiki, uh, he sent me just uh, images um, shot with a very good uh, Canon camera with uh, high sensitivity. And I thought, okay, it's very easy for me, it's very bright. Uh, and then I found out it's no, 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 it's nothing. There is no light. Uh, it's really completely dark. And he was. Um, about all the women, most of the women you see in the film, he um, had written down stories, uh, their background. And he had met them already and written yes, them. Yes, in, in, in the preparation work. And um, uh, then I got through this to get the feeling for, for the women, for the situation there. Um, and we didn't talk a lot about how to shoot, and we didn't talk about um, uh, about the light. Um, it, it's you know, it's after so many years of shooting together, it it was uh, it, it was non-verbal communication in between us. He knew what uh, images he can expect from me, and um, I knew what he likes to do. Sometimes he had a special wish, wish uh, for example, um, on the first day in, um, let's say, uh, he had a special wish to do a tracking shot in, in, in the fish tank in uh, Bangladesh, uh, in Thailand, um, which we usually usually don't use, mm. uh, but to to it, it's it was not good enough to make a ban over the faces of the ladies. Uh, so therefore, we ordered a, a do we made the dolly shot, right. something like this. So you would talk about that sort of. Yeah, thing. just or, or or he won't. You know, after uh, the the girl entered the fish tank, he wanted to see also. Um, a full body shot, which is uh, very difficult if you make a, do a handheld camera sure. uh, to have this wide distance with, uh, without shaking the camera. Um, sometimes he he had a special wish, and I tried to right. to, to 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 give him what he would like to see. 
Was that how it would often go in terms of he would do a lot of the advance work, making the relationships, making figuring out what the locations were before bringing you into it? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, he was preparing the field and I came in and I had maybe maximum one or two days wow. to, to, to uh, look around the locations and, um, uh, and I immediately got into the shooting. You have to understand that he was there maybe... Two weeks before, uh -huh. and he was uh, what's the word for ungeduldig? He, he he couldn't wait to start shooting, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, he pushed us. Yeah, we, we arrived and uh, we have been introduced uh, to this location, and then the next day, most of the time, we start shooting. And so, so. So right, so that's but he's done that work, and that he's bringing you in, and day later you're shooting, and you're the basically you're the one who's closest to the women. You're the one who's actually going that into into their private spaces. So then you and immediately in a day's time basically have to start developing relationships. Yeah, How do you do you, that? You know, the, the the first and the second day we have been very carefully with shooting. We just showed up with the camera. Uh, uh, um, uh, you, you, you need you need to get an, an emotional bent to all these women in front of the camera so that they let you be in front of the faces and uh, to show the world. And uh, so w what I'm doing is uh, first I let them to watch me what I'm doing. So we did some harmless stuff, st just hanging around, showing uh, us with the camera, uh, following one or two clients. Uh, and then I... Uh, every morning when I showed up, I, I went through all these locations and I had to talk uh, with eyes or with body language to, to the women's working there so that uh, we can know each other somehow to get the contact somehow. And you feel immediately, okay, uh, with this woman you can, uh, she's very open, she's curious. Uh, and uh, you know which one you have to respect because they don't, don't want to be on the film. So, And I feel immediately uh, with whom I can um, work very well, let's say, like this. Right. So did, did it help or hurt? Or could you describe a little bit what it was like being a man in that space? Uh, in this, um, when you're working there and shooting a film, this... Um, no matter, mm. definitely no. Um, uh, I just realized in, in Bangladesh if if they would uh, get somebody of us in their room, they would be the queens there. Yeah, but this was, you know, it was never a question. I didn't feel like a man. I, I just felt um, like a hum human being, and uh, to, to watch the situation, working in such. Uh, sick uh, location like in Bangladesh it, and, and they are so young yeah. uh, this was a shock to me but to be a man it's uh, uh, maybe in Brenda's room at the end of the film Yeah, uh, I never did this before and I, I was put in the, this situation without knowing it mm. so uh, but Brenda wanted to marry me afterwards but you know, <laughs> uh, but the good thing about uh, Brenda, the client and Brenda, 
they became friends, really close friends. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about the differences between, and how much time did you basically spend in each of these locations? Um, a week, two weeks, how long? Um, the shooting period was very, very short. For example, in the fish tank, we have been allowed to shoot two afternoons. Oh, wow. Uh, and we have been allowed to come there for one hour to watch the location. Mm. Um, it was not allowed to put any light. It was very bright behind the glass. It was very dark uh, in front of the glass where the clients have been sitting. Um, so you have to... F this was the only situation with uh, Michael. We have been talking very precisely what he what he wanted to shoot because uh, the time was so short. Yeah. And even, you know, a dolly shot takes time. So sure. Uh, we had together, yeah. And most in Faridpur, we shot 10 days. Mm -hmm. We spent two weeks in Mexico, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, some days without shooting because uh, in Reynosa, you know, the, there is this drug war going on. Mm. And some days we couldn't leave the um, hotel uh, because we have been warned, because everybody knows when, when, when war is going around. Um, and some days, you know, Mexico was a special, very difficult place because the people have been very closed. Um, and um, when I came to Mexico, I wanted to protect myself and I didn't open. So it mm. was very hard to get some shots from the girls, from the, from the women, uh, uh, and I didn't have contact to them. So... Um, for days, the doors have been closed for us. When we showed up with the camera, all the women disappeared. So then we tried to do a long lens shot, which is absolutely forbidden for me, usually. So you have seen just two uh, with girls, uh, uh, which agreed that we shoot them. And then we after we have been very desperate, we thought, okay, let's drive with this guy in the car through the sauna. And after this, we are really, we have been really in trouble because uh, uh, the, the girls wanted to kick us out. So mm. we started to drink with them, dance with them, uh, spending nights uh, having fun and making friends somehow. Okay. And then suddenly... Um, um, they get used to us and they allowed us, you, you know, allowed, they, they, they accepted us to right. be there. Right. You said that you arrived protecting yourself a little bit. Was that yeah, coming you know, from it, Thailand? You, you know, it's, it's, if you have to open up as a, a, a cinematographer and you have to open up emotionally that, uh, because you respect them, uh, uh, and you, you have to feel, uh, um, their life. To, to, to get good images. And um, it, it, it's much more, uh, it costs a lot of energy. Mm. Uh, and, and, and it's much more easier if you, if you come there and uh, you don't open up. And um, yeah, but it, it was completely the wrong way. But is that because of where you were coming from that Thailand took a toll on you? Oh, I don't know. 
Oh, maybe I didn't get the question. Well, because Mexico was the third place you visited, right? Was it in order? In, in, uh, Mexico was the last one. So was my point was arriving to Mexico. Was that so difficult because I started Bangladesh because of what you had just come from? That you it, come, you came from a very difficult shoot. Yeah, but uh, you know, we we didn't uh, make it in a row, so okay. we, there was maybe a half year. Oh wow! Okay. Different. I said time difference yeah, yeah. between. Did you have a different approach in each location? Did you have a certain idea visually or conceptually each time? Um, no, you know uh, what I'm doing. I I, I uh, see these places. I, I I see the location. I'm not just ob observing the people and the life there, but also I'm observing uh, uh, the light mm -hmm. they have, and I try to create and to bring the light uh, to that point that uh, at least I have something on my negative film sure. because the, the, the places are very dark. Uh, but these are hidden places. Mm -hmm. And uh, the shooter without doing something, uh, there is nothing on the film. Right. So we very carefully, day by day, brought some bulbs in uh, um, to... to um, and so that the clients and uh, the women get used to it. Mm -hmm. If it's suddenly a 60 watt bulb in and not a 25 watt bulb, right. um, and this was the most difficult part. So um, to come in the morning to change the bulbs, uh, yeah, so that they get used from the early morning on. So for, for each day, did you have a different uh, ambition in terms of certain days would be a tripod day or certain days would be following around day? Like how, how did that break down? Um, when we start shooting, for example, the first shooting day was in Bangladesh when the clients came in. Right. And it was the, the second day after arrival. And Michael wanted to find out if um, if we have to shoot really documentary or if it works if we uh, stage a scene. Mm -hmm. So this uh, coming in from the boys, uh, uh, this was staged. Mm -hmm. uh, but we found out very fast that um, whatever we do, people are looking into the camera. Mm. All the people in Asia are looking looking all the time in the camera, so let's go for it. Um, and after they knew us a little bit, um, uh, we could shoot really documentary. Right, right. So in terms of that, that, that issue, though, can we talk a little bit about that sequence in Mexico where we're inside the room because that's obviously something that comes from a certain amount of conversation and deliberation and in, in terms of talking through with those two um subjects what, what what's about to happen how did that how did that happen i think uh at least at one moment in the film uh i think michael wanted to see how this business is going on behind the door mm -hmm. and um he surprised me on that day that Brenda agrees mm -hmm. that I am uh, with her and the client in the room. So, uh, and he, he, he didn't force it. Um, uh, he, he just waited that long till it uh, came by itself, till it, till it happened by itself that Brenda said, okay, 
mm-hmm. let's do it. Mm-hmm. I show you how it works really behind the door. Right. And that gentleman, is that somebody that you had seen before or is that the first time you worked with him? Um, of course, you know, um, this client, uh, we, we, he asked different clients if he agrees. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And the boys you have seen in the car, they, they stopped by chance asking us what we are doing here. Yeah, we shoot a film about uh, the La Zona. And uh, Michael asked if they want to be part in the movie. And they said, yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, then we get these interviews when they have been sitting in the car. Uh, but this client, especially, he found him somewhere in a bar around there, and, uh, and yeah, maybe he. I, I, I don't. I really don't know. I'm involved. No, I, I was not involved in this business. How many clients he asked? Right. So right, because um, you didn't even know that day that that's what you'd be doing. Um, what was it like to realize that day that that's what you were doing? Because I, I, I'm, I'm amazed by what you're shooting in that. Because obviously we're seeing a transaction, which I think is important for us to see. But what you're choosing to shoot is so interesting. And actually, you, you mean inside this room? Inside the room. I, I, I really didn't know what I should do with the camera. <laughs> uh, so this was a yeah. really different, difficult yeah. part for me. So uh, to, to left alone behind and uh, how shall I do this? So I, I tried to escape somehow this situation <laughs> while being in it. <laughs> so, um, and maybe I did the mistake because maybe because I was too nervous. I had two lenses, a wide one and a close-up mm. one. So, and um, maybe I thought, okay, I do it with close-up so that I can hide everything and even for mm. myself, yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe I just should have been, should have shoot all the scene with the wide lens and go maybe closer to, yeah, but it happened. But I feel like your relationship with her is what informs that. You know, the fact that you knew her had a lot to do with how you chose to shoot that in the moment. I feel, yes, of think. course. And I think that your cho- your choice to focus on the tattoo is so great in that moment because we've been introduced to that tattoo. Yeah, we, we but that was out of focus <laughs> because the la- the lens was too long, and you know, <laughs> I, I always have been shooting wide open because there is no light. <laughs> I laughed that uh, I, I would laugh if if this shot would be all the time in focus. Right. Well, so it's interesting to hear you talk about. Obviously, you're, you're you're concerned with light, and you're concerned with what you can get, and what you like the best thing you can get in the situations. Because it's just it's incredibly beautiful to look at so much of the time in almost a complicated way, because it's so rich in terms of color and texture, and there's a sort of grain to it so much of the time, and especially in the Mexico sequences, it's so it, it, colorful, uh, colorful in a way that uh, is pleasing but also complicated in terms of where the what environment we're in. It seems that in terms of certainly what's shown that Mexico is a, a particularly difficult shoot or emotionally difficult shoot because we're seeing certain things that we haven't quite seen in the two previous locations in terms of drug use and yeah you know the, these, these colors are coming uh, because of the underexposure of the film material mm-hmm. if you have uh, uh, this blue fu- fluorescent light yeah, which is uh, and if you underexpose it it because it, it, it is not bright enough, it becomes deeper blue. Also, the the, the red light becomes uh, the warm light mm-hmm. becomes more red. And in Mexico, they had to use a uh, fluorescent light, which is really very blue. Right. And um, uh, and this was the darkest place I have seen. So 
it took us two days to to get some to get some spots in this zone um to repair some light which was have been obviously there um so we we hired the electrician to 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 repair this so that we at least have something and uh, of course i had the light of the cars so it helped me out yeah. of this situation right well what's interesting is you and i chatted a little bit earlier about how often uh, people want to talk to you about the actual camera aspect of it when for you that's actually so a minor almost a minor aspect of of your experience of it because you're 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 emotionally engaging you're 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 observing things you're witnessing things that are not always easy to to witness so if you could talk a little bit about that in particular about the like i said in terms of the the mexico sequence which seems to my eyes to have been a a, a bit of a difficult uh shoot for for all of you uh yeah it was uh, therefore it was difficult uh, different because uh it, it was so 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 hard to get some shots it was so hard to be accepted there on this place yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we tried really we tried everything we tried many ways uh to to get close to these uh women yeah because uh we get the permission from syndicate i don't know but oh really not yeah. especially from the from the women yeah, yeah. The, the women, just some women agreed but when we have been shooting they haven't they didn't show up yeah so um but the main the main protagonists in mexico city they have been always around for example this this uh, really crazy young uh, lovely women which showed us all the time the priest uh, she showed up every e evening somewhere uh, was dancing she behaved like you have seen in the film you just she would show up and you would catch her that way yeah wow or the old lady uh, uh, she was telling the story about uh, father and son mm -hmm. uh, whenever you passed her room uh, you saw her lying like you see in the film and maybe you noticed that uh, the wall where the head was it was really very dark for because of the same the same position she had for years wow. so um mm. yeah and um we haven't been sure if we if we get enough uh in mexico mm -hmm. so most of the most of the things you have seen here happened in the last three four days wow so maybe we did a mistake that we um that we uh have been there too short but you know you, you just get the permission for a very short time right and very often you know these these rooms are hired by the the women mm. and um they have uh, a second life behind what they're doing there and you never know if they show up in the next morning right right did you talk i mean were you there's a lot for you all to be to i mean how big was the crew basically for each of these how many of them how many of you were there we work in these situations with very small crew uh sound director translator or translator in the in in the sense of of uh, uh 
assistant to Michael, uh, camera assistant and me. Right. And we had one one uh, from the production company who was organizing, helping us uh, and all this stuff. So, and and so when you're in a room in a particular confined space, and anything, how many of the how many was it you and a there were three of you, four of you? Was was Michael was Mikhail there? Was no, those are very small with, spaces. With, uh, you know, most of the time in the small spaces, we just Michael sound guy and me yeah um with brenda in the room of brenda have been alone um and um, it was you with sound. you know we we we, we, are, we are used to work like this so uh, um, uh, yeah. for example in bangladesh there's also no space for nothing yeah. so uh when i was shooting documentary uh in this long hallways um, and Michael knew he cannot see anything because there was no place. He was preparing an interview or, or, or preparing uh, another uh, location and tell them, okay, we will come in the afternoon, something like this. Uh, because there was, you know, they have been laughing about us. Camera, camera assistant and behind the sound guy with with the boom so it, it looks very crazy to all these this, this women that. and they have been laughing about us in the first days till they get used to us yeah so but you so the the language i think is a really interesting aspect of this because you're not there is a translator in some situations but a lot of the times you're shooting without knowing what's happening no what the translation took place after shooting yeah uh, so what I have to do, I have to read the, the body language. I have to read the emotion and direct with my with my camera movements. And you, 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 as a good cinematographer in documentary, you have to feel in advance uh, where the movement is going, mm -hmm. so that you are prepared. You, mm -hmm. you, you, uh, uh, and I feel it through through uh, through the camera what's going on next. Right. So I'm really directly connected uh, with uh, uh, the people who are in front of the camera, and that's having having spent some days and understanding people's rhythms and and the physical behavior that you're able to track that a little bit. Yeah, it, you know, it's 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 uh, the profession of a cinematographer is observing people. Yeah. So uh, not just with not just with the camera. So it's just also observing life, observing people, and uh, you get experienced somehow. Is there any benefit in the, in some of those situations because it's extreme what you're watching a lot of the time, or or it's extreme, but also the the interactions that you're observing. Um, some people might not want you to, to, to see, did it actually help at all that you didn't speak the language, that somehow you couldn't understand, so therefore maybe it was if you weren't there? I'm not sure if I got you if right. If the fact that you didn't speak the language yeah. actually helped them feel okay with you being there, if they knew that you didn't understand what they were saying? Uh, I just remember one situation when... Um, I missed this scene today. Um, one girl, uh, a young boy wanted to marry, wanted to buy a girl out in Bangladesh. 
and there was no it's not in the film but uh, the situation it's I happened there and uh, they are talking and chatting so and you have to catch the right moment when the mother is telling the writes the, the most important sentence and also the young man when yeah. he is telling so I won't marry her so how much money you want to have and then I have to bend to the to the mother but you have so, no idea that's even happening at all <laughs> this I just did by instinct and I was lucky and you actually panned at the right moment uh, yes I did <laughs> but this is you know sometimes you sometimes you fail right and uh, if if I fail I I keep it for my own um, <laughs> and take it for a private moment because uh, I know that um, there will come another situation, a similar situation, uh, which I can catch with my camera. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to wrap up in a second, but I'm curious because you're just starting on your next film with Ulrich Seidel. Um, what's it like for you to see this film when thinking about the next project? Is it actually helpful or confusing? For you to revisit this one, uh, the work with Mr. Seidel is completely different. Um, with Mr. Seidel, uh, I have to synchronize uh, with his um, with his uh, film language. He has a completely different approach to to how to tell stories and how to frame. It. Uh, what he expects from framing and how images should look like. Um, it was just a problem, not a problem, but uh, it took me the first feature film we did together, Dog Days, um, to get used his um, his wishes and his um, uh, optical vision. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm very free when when I do the handheld camera because uh, he has no control about image if <laughs> if I have the camera on the shoulder, <laughs> and he's he trusts me of course. But in his tableau shots, he we I know exactly what he want to do, and I, I I set up the image and then he take a look through and he is arranging every little detail. Uh, bottle, whatever. Well, Safari, the last film you worked on, was a kind of thrilling in the sense that there were two extremes in that sense. There were those, the, the, the stationary shots, and then there was actually out in, in on the Safari, um, where obviously you had more control yeah. in shooting. But, but you know, our job as cinematographer is um, um, to, to, to translate the vision of the director uh, into images, mm -hmm. uh, so you you have to be very flexible. Right. Well, the, working with these two very very different filmmakers obviously yeah. shows that. <laughs> uh, I I just have sometimes uh, um, not problems, but um, you know, after a sidle film to shoot a so called normal film, um, <laughs> I had to correct <laughs> myself. Uh, uh, give less headroom than I'm used to do with uh, Mr. Seidel. Um, <laughs> I, I call it, I have to unsidle myself. <laughs> well, now you have to sidle yourself for the next several months. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. Thank you so much for being here and for talking about this film.